Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. When it comes to film and music legends, Frankie Avalon is, in my opinion, one of the greatest in American history. His professional career was launched in 1952 with a guest spot on The Jackie Gleason Show. He went on from there to become one of the most successful movie stars and recording artists of all time. His greatest hits include Venus and Why, which topped the Billboard charts in the late 1950s. On the movie front, Frankie starred in numerous films in the 50s and 60s, including the iconic beach movies with the late Annette Funicello. The younger generations perhaps know him best from his portrayal as the teen angel in the cult classic film Grease, where he delivered an unforgettable performance of Beauty School Dropout. Frankie is here today on the Wansland podcast to reminisce and talk about his memories and what he believes has made his music so special to fans of all ages around the world. So, without further delay, let's bring him on the show. Good morning, Frankie. How are you on this beautiful day? It is a beautiful day, and good morning to you. So, yeah, you've been performing for a long, long time, and I just am so, you know, amazed how you continue to go out and do what you do for the fans. I mean, what kind of drives you? Well, you know, I think, you know, I've been doing it so long, uh, it's become second nature to me. Not only that, I still enjoy it very much. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to uh, get out there and say hello to a lot of the folks that have been a part of my career for so many years, so... They keep asking, and I keep doing it, and hopefully I'll keep doing it till they stop asking. With your shows, do you change it up a lot, or do you tend to sort of stick with the same set list? Well, yeah, I think, you know, to, to, to build a show, to build it's like anything, whether it be a book show, a Broadway show, or, uh, or a, a performance show uh, in venues uh, such as theaters or whatever, you know, you find your niche and you find things that become... Uh, a part of a show that is a constant a repeat of every place that you play because it's a show that's been now performed and accepted so you know what works and what doesn't. Can you give me a little taste of some of the songs that you do in your shows? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Luann, I don't know <laughs> what generation you are, what, what, uh, what age you are, whatever, but, you know, my, my music goes back a long, long time. And, of course, you know, it's sustained for a long, long time because there's so many different areas to where they're still playing my music around the world. So uh, I'll do songs that were uh, number one songs for me. Venus was a very, very big song for me. Uh, another song called Why, uh, which was the last number one song to end the decade of the 50s. And then I do things that really started my career, Dee Dee Dinan, Gingerbread, and uh, Bobby Socks the Stockings, and and of course, beauty school dropout from the from the film Grease. Uh, so I do a lot of stuff, and I do a lot of uh, things that were a part of that generation, that era. I definitely grew up listening to a lot of your music. 
still, I love Venus. Incredible song. <laughs> yeah, it is a great song. And, you know, it always amazes me when the song was brought to me by the songwriter, and he just uh, happened to uh, be looking for uh, another singer because he had just come from a singer named Al Martino's house. And, and uh, he knocked on my door because we're from the same neighborhood. And I brought him in, he sat by the piano, and he played this song for me. And I took it over to the record company because they were out of Philadelphia. And my A&R man, my producer, and his partner listened to the song because we all fell in love with it. But the amazing things, what I'm getting to, is that the originality of that song, the way it was written, if you remember the song, the, the melody goes da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, well, when it was first brought to us by the songwriter, there was one change of a note because he wrote the original songwriter wrote da 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 so so the the producer said you know what i think we should change that one note da 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 and that really made a difference with the song and his partner at the very last uh, line of the song as long as we both the original songwriter said as long as we both will live and uh, my partner's, my producer's partner said, why don't we just change that will live to shall live? So it really made a difference to the song, you know. I love stories behind the songs. And you're yeah. right. One note can definitely yeah. change yeah. the whole vibe or even the way that you sustain the note or whatever. It's, That's right. It's interesting, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. You wouldn't think so, but even... Tempo can make a difference? Yeah, tempo makes a big difference. Uh, I mean, when I was offered the uh, the song to do in the movie Grease, I had turned that down only because of the fact that when I had seen the show on Broadway, uh, to me, uh, the character of Teen Angel was really an extension of an Elvis character with, with long sideburns and black jacket and leather, and, and uh, he did a kind of a doo-wop kind of a song. So when I refused it... Paramount uh, didn't accept it right away. They said, Frankie, would you please come in and talk to us because we really want you for this role. So when I went in and told them that story, they said, we'll change it. And they did. I said, look, I've got a style. And they said, we'll do it your style. We'll change it all in white. And that's how we developed that, uh, my style and that song. And I think that was so important because if they had tried to force you to do it some other way, it probably wouldn't have come off as well. No, no, I, I could, couldn't do it that way. I mean, I've got a style of, of singing, and, and that's my style. And I think that's what's, what's made uh, the music that I've done successful is because you've got to be honest to your music. And uh, that was it, and I had the opportunity to do it the way I wanted to do it. One of the things I loved about so many of the artists that I grew up with is that each one did have a certain style where it was unique to them, you know, and nobody was out there trying to copy Frankie Avalon necessarily. You yeah, know what I'm and saying? I didn't try to copy anybody else. I mean, I did, uh, when I got into singing, uh, I wanted to sing the way uh, what felt good to me. I mean, I admired Nat King Cole and Frank Sinatra and those people who are wonderful, greatest talents of all time. But, you know, they were, they were their style, and I was trying to develop mine. Sometimes when I listen to the music of today and I hear a lot of the stuff that's repeating itself with different artists and sometimes you can't even tell the difference between the singers and I always wonder what the mentality is behind that, like why an artist wouldn't want to be uniquely themselves, right? 
Well, you know, I th- I think you know there's there's a tremendous amount of young talent out there now. I mean, right now. But I think what's missing in music uh, are the songs. I think uh, you know, in order to to have a song that will last and last and last, it has to be something that hits to the buyer, to the consumer, uh, something that they can sing along with, that they can remember. But that's the unfortunate thing. We just don't have songwriters as we did uh, through through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I think the music really changed in the 90s, and I hope that you know we get back to some of these good songs and good songwriters. I agree, and you know, I think by and large, when I listen to music today, it's almost like they're trying too hard. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I have a, <laughs> a problem of listening to a lot of the stuff there, but I mean... As far as the, the vocal abilities and these performances and so forth, they're wonderfully talented young people, just just way above board. Yeah, that's sort of evidence when you watch American Idol and you see these yeah. kids and you're like, oh my gosh, people in our generation, they didn't sing like that. No, no, they're, they're wonderful today. You know, it's just that the only thing that's missing, and I go back and reiterate, is the song. So I think we've got to get back to singing uh, some songs that are um, at least to the ears and and to the souls and hearts of people that uh, really grasp it, you know. So, uh, you know, um, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and I think that's what's missing in songs today. Yeah, and those real catchy choruses. Yeah, right, exactly, those catchy chorus lines, yeah, sure. Well, with your catalog, you just have song after song after song that's like that, where you can keep listening and listening and never get tired of it, you know? Yeah, well, not only my generation. I mean, even up until the 70s, the 80s, you know, great songs and great artists, you know, great groups uh, and very singable songs uh, that, that that last forever. But uh, the other things that come into rap, you know, when I'm not, I'm not that I mock it or anything. It's just that that's a style that I don't quite understand, but I guess a lot of people do because they sell a lot of music. That's so true. That's so true. But I think we were spoiled in our generation because somebody was saying the other day that they thought we had the best music of any generation in history. Well, you know, that's to be said by the people who were from that that generation, you know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the generation that's coming from the 90s into the, the, the 2000s here. Are they going to say the same thing 20, 30 years? I don't know. They probably will. I won't be here to find out, but, you know, they probably will. Yeah, they might. So if you're just listening to music for enjoyment these days, what would you have on your iPod or on your CD? Well, I try to have a, a kind of a... a a mishmash of different kinds of music, like I mentioned, from either the 50s all the way up to the 80s. So I try to find stations that, uh, you know, play that kind of music, or uh, I'll go to my catalog and, and, and play them on my players, you know. Yeah, and thankfully there's Sirius Radio. I love that channel. Yeah, me too, yeah. Because you have your pick of whatever you want to hear, and it doesn't have a lot of commercials and things, so... Right, right, right. It's a good way to listen to music, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So, outside of what you're doing with your touring, are you doing any recording these days? No, I stopped recording uh, a long, long time ago. I just, uh, I felt as though I had my time with it, and, you know, you got to move on. And in a singer's, I'd say, career, uh, probably at least eight out of ten, if you do get to be an artist, I mean, an artist 
by by selling music for four to five years. That's to me a recording artist, not just a one-hit wonder, you know. And I had my good run for about five years of selling a lot of records and being on radio and what have you. So, um, you know, I, I just had my time. I like to go out and sing live now, and, and that's it. Yeah, and, you know, I was talking to a couple classic rock bands on my show this year, and they were saying that they want to do some recording and they think about it, but then when they realize how difficult it is to get it on the radio and get people to hear it, that they've thought, yeah, why right. bother, whole, you know? It's a, just it's a whole different business. It's a whole different industry. Uh, you know, in, in my day, uh, there were a couple of stations that only played uh, 50s music, you know, so now you've got channels that go up to 500. I don't know how to, you know, but it's, 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 that's progress. That's right. That's right. Now, you made a lot of movies in your early life, and I have to tell you that Beach Blanket Bingo was my favorite movie as a kid, and I, yeah. used, I used to stay at my grandmother's house a lot on the weekends, and uh -huh. they'd put it on at, like, midnight, you know, and I mean, she and I would stay up and watch that and whatever else came on in the middle of the night, but I don't know, I must have watched it 500 times. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, again, uh, some of those things that I did there are, are kind of cult things now, and People see them and they watch them, and uh, even the grease picture. I mean, that's 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 one of the most amazing things. That's probably the the biggest uh, selling musical of all time. You know, and it keeps playing, and each generation that comes along. I don't care if they're 10, 11 years old, 12, 15, 20, 40. You know, uh, you've seen Grease, and if it's on television or whatever, you stop the channel and you watch the rest of it or whatever. You know. And Beach Blanket Bingo and Beach Party and Muscle Beach Party and all those things were, you know, just fun things. And, you know, you had a good time. The, the plots were not, they were kind of just nice, easy little plots. Boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, boy breaks up with girl, boy gets back with girl. You know, there were just simplicity things and the music was there. And we had a lot of great guest stars in those movies uh, from uh, Vincent Price to uh, Don Rickles. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. So they were fun pictures, and they, they still have a, a lot of good people that watch them, so they enjoy them. Yeah, they were wonderful, and Ned, of course, uh, was just stunning in those beach movies. Wow. Yeah, she was an absolute sweetheart, and, and uh, she, she really uh, put across the fact that the innocence of a, of a female was there, and, you know, the, 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 the young love was there, and we just had a great time making them, and, we all became like a, a, a troop, a group, because of most of the players and sidekicks and so forth were like um, like uh, every picture. So we became like really what was happening on the screen was happening, you know, in between takes. We just had fun. Did you and Annette stay in touch after that? Oh, yeah, sure. As a matter of fact, I'm godfather to her oldest child, Gina. As a matter of fact, I will see her this weekend to have dinner. Oh, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time, our families together, sure. Must have been hard for you to watch her. It was terrible. It was just the most debilitating thing that you ever want to see, and to the sweetest, nicest person. And she knew that she was going to go downhill, how she knew that, but she did. And it, and it just went to, to where the very last of her life, a uh, few years of her life, was just miserable. I know, that's a horrible disease. Very, yep. very yep. bad. Yep. Well, I'm sure it was difficult on you. What a loss that you had to suffer. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we were still working together, and we toured together, and 
and uh, and I her husband told me what was going on in her health and she didn't she didn't want me to know but I did know and but I had to make sure that I you know held on to her because you know you lose your balance you, you a lot of things happened and your strength and your uh, yeah, so uh, you know I I went all through that with her but she was a trooper very brave lady very brave yes, yes. Gosh, you have a lifetime full of wonderful memories. Is there still anything that you haven't accomplished in your music? No, not really. I mean, I've done from from being uh, live uh, in in different theaters around this country into the old nightclub business to to being on Broadway. Uh, you know, so I, I, I've been there, so I've done it. Just enjoying it all now, right? Yeah. Basking in the glow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was looking on your website that you have a cooking venture, though. Yeah, I, you know, because I am from uh, of a family of Italians who love to cook and love to eat, uh, I learned as a young boy, my mom was great, my grandmother was great, and uh, they kept some of the recipes, and I would have friends, and I've got a large family, I have uh, eight children and ten grandchildren, and we get together every Sunday, and I make the pasta and the meatballs and all that stuff, and I'd have friends over. They say, "You know, you ought to do a cookbook. You ought to do a cookbook." So finally, someone convinced me, and they put together me, put me together with the St. James Publishing, and we got together and we started to develop a cooking book. And it's really, really good, and it's done very well. I'm proud of it, and there's a lot of uh, good memories for me. So, were you always naturally inclined to cook, or did? Your grandma or your mom teach you, or how did that happen? Yeah, well, you know, when I, you know, I just uh, hang around the kitchen and watch them, you know, <laughs> you know, from uh, uh, on our Sunday dinners to whatever. If there was a, there was nothing ever thrown away that we did didn't finish at the, either a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, you know, I don't care if it was one little meatball, <laughs> you know, it was in the fridge there, and you know, we she she would use it for different ways or this or that. So so I you know I grew up that way. Did you have a favorite dish that your grandma or your mom made? Well, you know, there's so many, but the one that I really tend to, to really enjoy probably the most, the most simple one, is a sauce made with uh, 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 these uh, Dungeness crabs or Blue Claw crabs, and it's a sauce made with that uh, over a nice pasta, and it's to me, and then you eat the crabs and the legs and the body, you know, and so it becomes like a whole meal. That sounds good. It's making me hungry, and it's only 8 in the morning. <laughs> right, I know. I actually grew up outside of Philadelphia. Where? In Conshohocken. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, and my father's side of the family, they were all Italian. Uh-huh. So my grandmother also was a really good cook. <laughs> well, then you know what I'm talking about. Oh. Conshohocken. You know, I didn't get to that area very much, you know, because I'm from down south Philadelphia there, but... Uh, uh, I had a, a chance to go there. It's very beautiful. I mean, with the trees and the little hills and things, it's a very pretty area. Yeah, when I look back on my childhood, I feel pretty lucky that I got to live in that little town because it was very idyllic, you know. Just had really cool things, you know, the the soapbox derby on the Fourth of July and oh yeah, things well, like I that. I remember one of my great memories of Conshohocken was when I was a kid. Uh, and I was going to school. I, I, I joined the Boy Scouts, and one of our trips was to go to Conshohocken. So, with all the streams, and it was beautiful. So that's a great memory for me. Yeah, I just love that whole area and Valley Forge. 
is so, oh, yeah, so yeah. wonderful. The main line there, sure. Yeah, do you get back there much? Well, I, I do get back to see uh, my sister and my nephews and a lot of friends. Uh, and on my way to Atlantic City, because I still play the casinos there in Atlantic City and some of the theaters, too. So I do get back there, and of course, you know, uh, neighborhoods aren't what they used to be, but they shouldn't be because, you know, everybody's got to move on, you know. Right, it's true. Yeah, things really change a lot. <laughs> yeah. So when you look back over your entire journey as a recording artist and a movie star, I mean, what is your big takeaway? I mean, what makes you feel the most blessed? Well, I think just the mere fact of having the opportunity. I mean, there are a lot of talented people, like we talked about before, and some of them get the opportunity and take advantage of it, and some don't. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just it's the good Lord above that says, you do this, you do that, and, uh, you know, stay with it, have a passion for it, and I think that's important. And I I, I worked very hard on my craft and, and uh, had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, I was lucky, you know. Lucky, and like you said, you uh, was a lot of hard work, and I'm sure a lot of focused intention on what you wanted to accomplish too, right? Oh yeah, it's not not an easy journey. I mean, it's it's a lot of hours, it's a lot of traveling, it's a lot of you know going to Europe, going to different parts of East Asia. You know, I, I did a lot of things. Uh, very interesting career. Do you think you'll actually retire at any point, or are you going to keep going? No, retire, as they say, retire to what, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, I still do about 40 concerts a year, and that's fine for me. It gets me on the road again and singing to people that have uh, bought my music and watched my movies, and it's great. Yeah, and I know some people, they think, you know, if they retire, it's like, you know, what am I going to do, sit around and... Yeah, that becomes a frightening thought for me. I don't know. I don't want to just sit around. I mean, I play golf, but how much golf can you play, you know? So I, I, I like to be uh, traveling and having a good time and singing, and and uh, I enjoy it. Well, and people are still enjoying what you do, so I think it's perfect that you're out there and sharing it with the world and even bringing in new fans, right? Oh, yeah, I see a lot of young faces out there, and... Uh, which is kind of nice, and because they're they're taking a look at what I did in my time, and uh, they they enjoy it, so that's good. That makes me feel good. Well, this has just been so wonderful, and just the opportunity to talk to you is just such an honor. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on. And of course, I wish you all the best in your future ventures and at your upcoming shows. Well, thanks, Luann, and I appreciate the fact that you called to say hello and. Reminisce with me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Listen to Luann's Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at luannslandpodcast.com or luannslandpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming. 